do it again. Please. Please. What advice would you give parents? What would you tell mommy or daddy? What advice me? Give us more ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if if we were if we messed up, how would you want to be treated as as kids towards us towards you? We would we, we would want y'all to give, give us give extra dessert. <laughs> Uh, so for us, is to be Jojo grown up. Yeah. Well, you're going to be Jojo grown up. Yeah. Well, you're going to be Jojo Hey, this is Lindsay. Everybody say, hi, Lindsay. They clapped for you. They didn't say, hi, Lindsay. It's fine. That, that'll work, too. Uh, so we could, we could carry on with, with the monologue, and, and that's fine. But I, I feel like when we talk about building a culture of forgiveness in a family, what we need is more dialogue. How are we going to do that as a, a, a traditional family? How are we going to do that as a spiritual family, as a, as a church family? Um, and so you guys got to hear from our girls a little bit. We wanted to capture that on video because by the third service, uh, El Bell would be checked out. She wouldn't, it would be, it'd be a rough go. So we got it on video. It was awesome. Um, we, we talk a lot about um, these things in our house because they matter. They matter for us now as we try to navigate this thing because most of the time we are just trying to figure it out. Um, we, we don't have this thing figured out. And so it's a struggle. And so we have to have a ongoing dialogue with each other and with our kids. And, and we say things like that, like forgiveness breeds life. At its very core, forgiveness is walking in life and freedom. It's rightness with God. And so we want to be teaching and walking out and forming freedom-giving tools in our family. And so we wanna just share four uh, just bullet points with you guys with, with some stories mixed in with how we do that. The first one is this. Uh, when we mess up, we own our stuff when we mess up. We own our stuff when we mess up. We don't hide, we don't blame shift, and we don't deflect. Now, for some of us in our family, we literally hide somewhere. And I've had to say, um, child, come back out of hiding. And it's a very real Genesis 3, where are you? Why are you hiding and calling them out? For some of us, uh, it's a deflecting or a blame shifting. Uh, but we have to own our stuff. We own it and we repent if we are the ones who messed up. My, uh, my good friend, Beth Moore, says, says this, repentance is not just words, not even sincere, tearful words. It's a change of mind that results in a transformed attitude that reflects the mind of Christ, resulting in the fruit of the Spirit. See, we are confusing repentance with saying, I'm sorry, then still evidencing the same attitudes, whether blatantly or subtly. People don't believe we've repented because they don't see that we've changed. They don't believe we've changed because they see the same old fruit and it's plastic. 
It's the fruit of the flesh and not fruit of the spirit. She says, this isn't rocket science. People don't accept that repentance was sincere when they still see evidence of the same old sins, patterns, pride, and self-protections rather than the sacrificial love of Christ in us. They don't believe us because we have lied repeatedly. We are betting our futures on people being gullible. And it, it, and it turns out that fewer and fewer are falling for it. And I read that and that stung a bit because I don't always own my stuff. I wanna push it off on somebody else. I wanna blame shift. Um, and that is not where God wants to meet us. Even in those hardest spots, God wants to meet you in that place to own your stuff and to practice true repentance. So Lens, what happens when someone doesn't own their stuff? What happens when they do own their stuff in this process? Right, so it's really important that we take responsibility for our actions and it, because it restores relationships. First with God and ourselves and then with others. Um, when we own our choices and actions, we actually shut the door to shame and bondage. Um, when you leave things in the dark, they have this terrible way of like coming back up internally. Um, and they have this power over you. But when you own it, you're taking that power, you're owning it and the power that God's given you to, and it's not always easy to do because a lot of times you have to swallow pride. A lot of times you ha you're embarrassed. But what you don't want to do is leave it in the dark to come up and over and over again. The enemy really likes to use that in our lives. Um, and, you know, Mark, Mark 4.22 says, For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Don't let, that's not supposed to be a scary verse. That's supposed to be an encouraging verse to just go ahead and own it and have you, you having that power to do that. Um, so when we bring the truth into the light, aka owning our stuff, we are able to continue living at our best fulfilled selves by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The enemy cannot come in and use our sin against us because we have already released it to God. Yep, yep. And he's restored that in turn when we ask for forgiveness, he restores the relationships um, that we have sometimes with others, just depends on them, right? But it, first and foremost, it restores our relationship with God and ourselves. I think that's a really key thing about ourselves that I don't think we often talk about or understand. Um, and the second thing is, is that it restores relationships we have with others, hopefully, right? You can't control someone else. You can only own your own actions and but when you lay your head down at night, you know you've done everything that you could do. You can have a peace in that. And um, trusts are broken when you hurt someone or you wrong someone. And the best way to do it is just to own it as difficult as that may be. And then that trust can begin to be mended. Yeah, slowly mended. Yeah, and as we do that, we, we authentically ask for forgiveness from the other person right? And if we're the other person, we graciously give forgiveness. Even when our, our girls or, or when we need a minute, Lindsay and I have had multiple times where we just say, I, I, need, I need a minute. She needs a minute, right? 
Um, I want to hug it out, and she may say, I'm like, don't touch me. G- give me some space. <laughs> give me some time. I'm like, right? listen, I love you, but I'm mad at you right now. Please yeah. don't touch me. Like, I'm going to get over this. Yeah, but like, we'll, we'll circle back. And, and with our girls, the I same. I mean, respectfully. Like, we just need, but... yeah. <laughs> respectfully, don't touch me. Um, <laughs> but with our girls as well, we, we know that we can't force that. You can't push that through. It's a, a work of Holy Spirit in them, Right as he is working to transform and allow them to see there's a bigger picture taking place than, uh, than what they're feeling in that, in that moment, right. right? That's why we don't, we don't really do forced apologies in our house. We really talk about the why, you know, like we talk about everything we just said to our kids because if we're just like, it, it's very tempting to be like, say you're sorry, and then have the kid just say it. And then what do they, do they even know what they're even doing? And it feels good at the time, and it looks good on the outside. But let's get away from who, what everybody else thinks and really talk about, like, what the heart of our kids. Well, so it builds a pattern that they can say that and just move on without dealing with the heart issue. That's correct. That, that is the deal, right? Right. And natural consequences are really nice. It's building on what you said just a minute ago. Like, if our girls have conflict and say Elliot upsets Tobin— she genuinely apologizes. Tobin says, I forgive you, but she doesn't want to play with Tobin right now. She needs some time. Well, I don't say, get over it. Just play with each other. A natural consequence, so Elliot can feel the weight of a relationship needs time to build that back up. It's healthy. It's good. It's it's a good thing. And even as we're doing that, we, we want to bring this back to a gospel conversation. So we remind each other of the finished work of Jesus as the genesis of forgiveness. Um, what we mean by that, we, we oftentimes say, mom and dad are just as much in need of forgiveness as you are, yeah. right? Um, this, just a couple weeks ago, I went into each of the girls' rooms separately and said, I, I need to ask for forgiveness. Daddy loves you, but he has not been acting lovingly towards you, and that's not okay. I'm just as much in need of forgiveness as you are um, from Jesus. So I'm asking you, and I'm asking Jesus to forgive me. To forgive me. Rich Vildas, who's a pastor up in New York, says this, the gospel is not just for people who have yet to believe in the good news of Christ's love. It's for people who have believed, and perhaps for a long time, but still need a fresh reassurance of his love. And oftentimes when we're operating in places of woundedness or insecurity, it's because we've forgotten our, our, our assurance of God's love, our security in God's love, our identity in God's love. And so we have to come back to this place where we're reminding each other in the moment um, that we trust the, uh, the finished work of Jesus in me and that, and that affects my eternal state, but it also radically impacts my present state. It's really important if you want to have a culture of forgiveness in your house that you also are the one that's asking for forgiveness. So, I I mean, some of you guys might have grown up in a home that you didn't really hear I'm sorry from your parents very often. And you can change that. The Lord can come in and he says, it says that he's renewing our minds all the time, constantly. And that's okay. You can start now because it's really important that you go and you say, it does not excuse a behavior. Say your kid acted crazy at you, yelled at you, you yelled back, you said ugly things. You owning your stuff does not take away from the fact that she needs to own or he or whoever needs to own their stuff. You're just taking 
responsibility for yourself. Um, and when we trust the finished work of Jesus, we, we are breaking partnership with past cycles of, of sin, of enmity, or hatred, or hostility that have arisen. Some of guys, some of it's generational partnerships that have been made where you're holding on to bitterness, or it's just been passed on. You have certain views or mindsets towards people or things that happen in life, and, and there's partnerships that need to be broken, and by continuing to rest in the finished work of Jesus, remembering and repeating this gospel, this good news of Jesus, uh, it it, it cuts off the the generational, but also sometimes it's just broken places in your wounded places in your heart that need to be mended. And so we are trusting the restorative healing work of Jesus now in our home. I think I want to say this too, that it's in order to foster this kind of environment, that it's really important to be parents that extend a huge amount of grace over and over again, honestly, because we know you have to say things over and over again in my house. Okay. Um, But it's important because I mean, I don't, some of you might've even come from like a hypercritical, you know, home where, you know, you know better, so don't do it. How, How many of us can say that as an adult's we know better and still make mistakes and do it anyway. And we hope that someone extends grace to us. These kids are learning self-control. We're still learning. I'm still learning self-control yeah. by the grace of God. Amen. But you know what I'm saying? So we have got to foster environments of grace, even if they know better. Because then they're going to want to have these conversations. Then they're going to feel like they can mess up and be like, you're right. I need to do this. And I need to learn you know, practice self-control. That's, it's really, really important. Yeah. Um, and so lastly, fourth point, we encourage each other as restored image bearers, right? So what we're talking about is not just trying to fix the behavior. It's not behavior modification alone that you're after that. The, the, the fruit will come out of a heart that's been mended and healed. So we want to encourage each other as restored image bearers. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing. Healthy boundaries are also good right? We set healthy boundaries for people that have wronged us and that we've wronged people, and that's okay too. Sorry, I just want to mention that. That was great. Okay. Um, <laughs> as we do that, we're, we're reminding ourselves and reminding the people closest to us that, that we are not our sin, right? So as we talk about uh, re- encouraging each other uh, as restored image bearers, that, that we are saying, oh, you're this terrible person, or you are a liar, um, they, they are not, they have lied because they're scared, because they're hiding, because they're fearful of your response to them. Like those are all, the, the, the lying part is a fruit of a deeper issue. Now, as forgiveness takes place, we remind you are forgiven, you are renewed, you are loved, you are my daughter, you are a, a friend of God, you are made right. And in doing this, guys, this is, this is why it's key, in doing this, this forgiveness piece Uh, creates a security in who we are, and and those that are secure don't build walls. Those that are supernaturally secure don't throw up walls at the first offense because they know whose they are. They know their security lies in the finished work of Jesus. Yeah, save save the URs for the things that line up with God's word. How God would talk to you, not the enemy. Those are, those are the you are's. You are loved. You are good. You are not you are bad or whatever. 
So if you, if you have kids in this place or you're walking beside somebody that just continues to operate and you're not naturally going to do that, you're not naturally gonna respond with, hey, this is who you are, remember. It takes a wisdom from Holy Spirit for you to speak that in a supernatural way. Most of us didn't learn that growing up. Parents, you have to be discipled in the ways of Jesus. You have to, the, the language of Jesus has to be your language and my language. Fresh starts every day. Don't be bringing up things from a week ago, a month ago, or whatever. If they've asked for forgiveness and repented, you don't want people bringing stuff up about your old things if you've asked for forgiveness and moved on. Fresh starts. Yep. Fresh starts every single day. Don't bring that past up. The Lord's mercies are new every morning, and we believe that, and we wanna practice that. So will you guys stand with me? I'm gonna ask the prayer ministry team to come down. And here, here's how we wanna spend just a couple minutes. It's my belief that as we talk about the traditional family, the nuclear family, that some of you guys in here are like, yes, there's some work that needs to be done in our family. We, we know that. And there's some things that need to take place within our church family, our spiritual family. And I believe that over the past year, there are places where you've missed it. There's places where you haven't uh, owned your stuff and that you need to. There's places that you've withheld forgiveness and you have built walls and isolated yourself or forced somebody else into isolation. And we, wanna, we just wanna pray that that gets made right and, and, and pray as we act. So here's what I'm gonna ask for, for two minutes. I'm gonna ask that some of you pull out your phone and begin texting somebody that you need to release the offense, that you need to ask for forgiveness or that you need to forgive. Sometimes we need somebody to walk beside us and help them figure that out. So our prayer and ministry team are here just to pray alongside you. Maybe you're not ready to to actually send the message or get it out, but you're like, I need to take us. What's us step? Bring it into the light. Say it out loud to somebody else that loves Jesus, gonna take that to Jesus with you. And so there, if you need to move around this room, if you see somebody across the, the room and there's a reason why you're on the other side of the room, <laughs> go to them. That's what Jesus has done within us. He's moved towards you through his life and death and resurrection. So right now, move, pull out your phone, message somebody. And maybe it's not really about, I need to ask forgiveness, but it's about extending forgiveness. Yeah. And let's be honest, some of us have walked through some really difficult things. People have wronged us in ways that are astronomical. And it is extremely difficult to let that go. But let me encourage you today, that is not even about them. They're not thinking about it. They're living their lives. It's poisoning you. Yeah. It's poisoning us to hold on to that. So if you need supernatural help pr to be prayed over, yeah. I need prayer so that I can try and forgive this person so that I can be free. I wanna be free. Yeah. They're free. They're not thinking about it. Just come forward. Yeah. We wanna pray for you. So move as the Spirit leads.
Holy Spirit, we believe you're working around this room right now. And so we want to ask and give um, absolute openness to continue that work. Even as we walk out of this place in just a couple moments, may we be builders of bridges and reconciliation as we trust and follow you, King Jesus. We pray that you would continue this work in us and through us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Our prayer and ministry team will continue to stay down front. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week. We love you.